Well, it's another week on the Raincoat Report, and my neighbors are still partying. Yeah, it's been a real rager. <laughs> it's been going on for a whole week, apparently. <laughs> we should have gone over there and tried to get some hot dogs or something. Yeah, we've, we've been lived here for like seven years now. I think it's about time that people give you a dog or two. Yeah, give me some dogs. Give me dogs or give me death. <laughs> hey, neighbor, give me some dog. <laughs> Saying, just hold out a plate, and they just slap some meat onto it. Yes, the it's it's a requirement for being the a good plate neighbor. in half, and you just have your hot dog and you eat it. Yep, plate and all. Yeah, you like paper or styrofoam? Uh, paper. Good idea. It's uh, <laughs> I was just thinking, it's a little chill to be having an outdoor party at the moment, but they're persisting. They don't give a fuck. Yeah, all their. Hooting and hollering keeps them warm. <laughs> yeah, they are doing a lot of hooting and hollering. So, uh, yeah. I didn't hear like any real country rock. They aren't like the kind of redneck I expected. I've mostly been hearing it sounds like hollering, like rap music. Right. Um, I don't know. You never know what to, people will always surprise you. Yes, they will. And, uh, well, I'm going to surprise you by welcoming you to the Raincoat Report. Yeah, in case you clicked the wrong button. <laughs> uh, this is Boss Hero Jeremy. Hello. And uh, this week we are going to the eastern lands. Yeah, we're going to the land where the sun doesn't shine. Yes, we're, the land that used to be the land of the rising sun, but then the sun stopped shining. Yeah. And of like course. Like in Rockadoodle. Yeah, it's very much like Rockadoodle. Uh, and of course, by. That I've basically spoiled what this is, which is uh, Lust for the Dead, a.k.a. Rape Zombie Lust for the Dead. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> that is a film that I don't think could be spoiled for me, because I probably never would have heard of it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so this is a uh, Japanese production, a uh, video production from 2012. Sure. Um, this kind of falls in line with, uh, something like, uh, sexual parasite Yeah, that we covered, uh, a long time ago. Yeah. On the first, uh, season of Fright, the first oh, five yeah. weeks of Fright when the, there were actually five weeks. Yes. <laughs> this will um, be as many weeks as we need it to be. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, it will be an almost two month long celebration of terror. Really, my whole life is a celebration of terror. Yeah, mine too. I think about the brave men and women, mostly men of the Mujahideen forces <laughs> of Afghanistan and uh, all their successors. This show is dedicated to you and your brave fright for freedom. <laughs> Uh, so rape zombie October <laughs> surprise. That's what they would call that. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. So rape zombie lust for the dead. Yeah, uh, I think it's good to keep an eye on what the Japanese are doing. Um, in this season of fright, 
because they are they are a people known for their horror films, especially in that early two thousands kind of renaissance of uh, yeah, yeah, the Ring and the Grudge and that sort of thing. And uh, they've sort of always been a uh, a land of horrors. Yes, yes. Um, frighted, haunted by such beings as the as the oni and the the kappa. Oh yes, terrifying cucumber eating goblin who drowned the child. And uh, of course the uh, the Gamera and the Godzilla. Yes, and to a lesser extent, Varan. Oh, yeah. The unstoppable. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, Japan is also a land of heroes. Yes. Yes, heroes that rise to put a, an end, or at least to fight back against the darkness that uh, does occasionally seem to spring forth from uh, the east. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of good adjectives and things to say, but I don't know. All the literature I read is too old. <laughs> They're all, I can't say any of those words. Uh, okay, so anyway, uh, <laughs> Rape Zombie Lust of the Dead is kind of a, a continuation into the long tradition of pinky violence films, which I think just is what happens when a place can't show uh, explicit sex. Sure. Um, because if you think about the the late 60s and early 70s, like yeah. before hardcore quite broke out as big as it was, uh, we were going down a dark path of roughies and mm-hmm. uh, stuff like that. And yeah, just but- imagine that, but like it just continued for an additional 50 years. Yeah, and you're like, watching these humans do this stuff is cool, but what if... Uh- if we drop some creatures in there, some critters, yeah, some parasites, yes, um, ghosts, and so forth, and uh, you see what happens when that when that occurs. Yes. So uh, in this case, uh, we do have a bit of social commentary here on uh, the idea of toxic masculinity, which is something I know Jeremy is a big supporter of. Yes, I can't get enough of it. <laughs> Anything toxic, I like to just inhale. <laughs> you uh, think it's just going to be a good time? Yeah, I think it's just like gas. <laughs> they say that's toxic, but why would they call it gas? I guess that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> gas, good ass shit. <laughs> okay, and the same thing with that. So I just try to get a lot of, uh, inhale like a lot of that stuff. I'm mad all the time because it makes me, uh, it makes my brain just feel wired and crazy and I love it. Uh, So how's the spooky season treating you? Oh, terribly. How how uh how how's your driving? Driving's great. There's never been better. It's impeccable. My tags are up to date. <laughs> I got one headlight out, one tail light out. <laughs> Something's hanging off my car, but uh, I'm doing all right. You got to get those headlights and tail lights fixed. Yeah, I sure certainly do. I just drive with my brights on right now. <laughs> it's all right. Or 
just driving in the day. <laughs> you know, there's ways around it. Fair enough, fair enough. But uh, it's all good. I'm resolving the last of my uh, court issues. The little uh, class, as boss alluded to, they put me in under an NDA, so I can't tell you about it. <laughs> Are, are they touching you in these classes? Uh, we're touching upon many subjects. <laughs> okay. It's okay to have <laughs> one to two beers a day. Okay. They want you to drink like a specific amount. So this would be like two beers, I think. Or this would be like one and a half of your beers. They, they base it on 5%. I don't understand what this shit is <laughs> they're trying to teach me. Sounds, I don't feel like you're equipped to do the math involved in figuring this out. It's. I think I am, but I don't think it's worth the time. I think I will just have a tall boy every now and then. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, and just live my life as best I can. But uh, our book and our drug, our drug education. It's a drug education course. I don't know really what it is technically. But the book itself opens with a quote from uh, William Burroughs, who's a notorious heroin addict, <laughs> lifelong heroin addict. So he was not engaging in what the program calls low-risk behavior at all. <laughs> so what are you going to do? Uh, he also shot his wife, which is not low-risk behavior. <laughs> no. It's actually very high-risk. He got real <laughs> drunk and shot her in the head. Uh, it was manslaughter. They were playing a game. It was like, <laughs> oh, you, did you not know? Have you not heard this? No. This sound. I think maybe I've heard this uh, before, but I, well, I just don't. They were having a party and they were playing the William Tell game where he would, he was a big gun guy. Okay. So he would just shoot like an apple off her head. And uh, <laughs> all it takes to not be good at that game is just one miss. Yeah. Uh, that would definitely call that high risk behavior. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I think the HR people and stuff and people who write the curriculum and pick that stuff out don't really, they definitely just Google like inspirational quotes, education, right? And just pick out the one that sounds like interesting, but non offensive with no source, no idea of the context. <laughs> right. Um, I think that's probably the most I'm going to learn from this course. <laughs> Fair enough. No, I, I had assumed it was like driver's ed type thing. I didn't realize it was that direction. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I guess as long as it's like diverting me from driving around and uh, appreciating nature in the most optimal way, it's all for the greater good. <laughs> oh, boy. Well. <laughs> Here's to... Here's the high-risk behavior, boss. Yes. Raincoat <laughs> Report, high-risk behavior. Yes. Raincoat Report, high-risk institute. <laughs> the Raincoat Institute uh, Journal of uh, High-Risk Behaviors. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. We'll be publishing soon. Yeah, every quarterly, probably. That makes sense. Yeah, that's about as much work as I can manage. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks for funding the Raincoat Institute and the Raincoat High Risk Institute. Um, yeah. Thanks to our patrons at patreon.com slash raincoat report, who this last week got to hear us talking about the 
illustrious uh, career of Glenn Danzig and his uh, comics and such. Yes, and such. And such. <laughs> and such and such. On and on. Forever and ever. World without end. Amen. But uh, if you want to join in on that and uh, every month two new episodes of these bonus podcasts along with uh, early access to our normal episodes ad-free, uh, follow us at Raincoat... Wait, where is it? At <laughs> patreon.com slash Raincoat Report. Uh, five bucks a month and you get all the cool stuff. But... Uh, My neighbors are screaming. This birthday party's gone wrong. <laughs> all right, well, we got to go outside and get our hot dogs before they all fight each other. You know, we go before they up in the grill. <laughs> got to get out there with the fire extinguisher. Well, we'll be back to talk more about Lust for the Dead. How many hot dogs did you stuff down your throat before we ran away? Six. <laughs> yeah, I only got five. Yeah, you got a little mouth. <laughs> I mean, what am I going to do? Got little hands, too, so you couldn't really grab any either. So <laughs> I got about, uh, about nine total. So I able to clutch some to my chest, carry them like babes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I got another three, two in my fists and one in my butt. Well, that's good. <laughs> All right, so uh, so Rape Zombie Lust for the Dead opens with a woman hanging up laundry. Uh, she then immediately gets snatched up by her abusive husband, who's upset that she wasn't at the door bowing when he got home. He thrashes her a bit and punches her, busting her nose. Then he pulls her tits out and her panties off and begins to rape her. All of a sudden, on the TV, they're reporting on a gang rape outbreak, as they're describing it. Yes. Uh, all the rape in this is shot in, like, shaky cam. Yes, yes. Kind of, like, back and forth between, like, the male and female perspective. Yes. Um, We show multiple women being attacked in the streets. Uh, the wife, who is being raped by her husband, watches the TV as this is going on. The wife eventually kicks the rapist husband away and jams scissors repeatedly into his crotch. Then we get credits with some Japanese speed metal over shots of the rape zombie outbreak in the background and a newscaster. Yeah. Um, the theme song screams, rape zombie, rape zombie, rape zombie, rape. It sure does. Um, <laughs> repeatedly, often. And uh, I found that to be somewhat typical of a particular strain of Japanese metal. Yeah. It's a, it's a little genre called rape metal. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if that's real. 
uh, on the TV. Scared, it scared you, though. You were <laughs> taken aback. You, you spooked me into choking on my spit. Yeah. We get more people on the TV talking about the uh, zombies from different perspectives. They talk about it being caused by a virus. Uh, they note that women raped by them die because the ejaculate is toxic. Um, and in order to kill them, you have to shoot them in their zombie dicks. Mm-hmm. We then cut to a shrine where two young ladies are walking together. Uh, one trips and falls. They're both worse for the wear. Uh, one of them is Momoko, who is the one who tripped and fell, and the other is Nozomi. Nozomi is a nurse who is more or less taking care of Momoko through this. Momoko says she's certain she's going to die because she got raped by a zombie, and she heard what they said on the TV. Apparently, the zombie only stuck the tip of his dick in and didn't yeah. ejaculate, so they believe that she'll be okay. It's good that he could just get the tip in. However, she got away. Good for her. <laughs> Apparently, Momoko was a virgin before this, unfortunately. Two more women come in with machine guns and debate about whether or not they need to kill Momoko and Nozomi after hearing that one of them got raped. Uh, these new women are Kane and Tame. Yes. Nozomi trips one of the incoming girls and holds her hostage with a sword. Momoko explains that the zombie didn't ejaculate inside her, and finally the remaining girl with the gun stands down. So, they introduce themselves, and we see them pull out some food and supplies. Nozomi and Momoko trade some food for some guns. They explain that these toxic men, as they're called on the news, are everywhere now. One of the ladies pulls out a laptop, and they kind of put on this news feed about this toxic men crisis. Mm -hmm. They talk about, there's like this round table that they cut to throughout this movie. There's like this guy with an eye patch who eventually seems to kind of just keep defending rape. And yeah, yeah, he's a uh, some kind of writer or some sort of intellectual. Right. But uh, they're, they're talking about the environment and stuff. They think that the damaged atmosphere may have let something from space in that caused it. Um, but the guy with the eye patch talks about how it could be some sort of evolution. They argue about this back and forth. The ladies are watching this and eating. And then we cut to a flashback of Momoko. She's in her office, and she drops some food tray. And then... They, she, gets, she gets bullied by the temps. Yeah, she gets bullied by the temps, and we cut to her cutting her wrist in the work kitchen. A uh, co-worker sees this because she's not subtle. Yeah. She then slips and falls after saying she's going to clean it up. <laughs> I haven't seen this in like a week since we uh, watched it. Yeah. Or since uh, I watched it. Cut to a hospital and Momoko is being tended to by Nozomi. Momoko is upset about not being at work. and Nozomi has uh, a heart-to-heart -heart with her and shows off her own cutting wounds, noting that she's not the only one with a broken heart. She tells Momoko to let her know if she wants to be... She tells Momoko to let her know if she wants to hurt herself again. We cut to Momoko talking to her boss. Um, 
He tells her that her behavior was unacceptable, and while they won't fire her, they want her to resign. He then drops his head and then looks up, and his eyes are bleeding, and uh, he starts to immediately assault Momoko. Yeah, and this company HR stands for horny rapist. <laughs> so... He pulls her tits out and starts trying to rape her. Uh, cut to Nozomi, watching as a doctor starts to rape a patient. We cut to a flashback of Nozomi herself being raped. And then we quickly cut back to her fighting off rape zombies in the hospital, being coached by the man-hating woman on the news that tells women to attack their dicks. After fighting a couple of zombies, Nozomi turns to the initial doctor she saw and... Watches as he kills the woman he was raping with his evil cum that turns her veins black. <laughs> Nozomi runs to find Momoko in the middle of an attempted rape. Nozomi takes a sword off the wall and beheads the work zombie and cuts his zombie dick off. Momoko says, it's still in there, and Nozomi extracts the zombie dick, throwing it across the room. <laughs> we see them leave the room and cut to elsewhere, where a woman is having... Quite a bit of fun with some rape zombies before climaxing and turning black. Yeah, I guess she was she was into it. She was into it, but uh, the result was the same. Yeah, she died. Momoko and Nozomi walk by. Momoko suggests they should help her, but Nozomi says it's too late. We cut back to now, and the ladies are uh, switching off who's watching the area outside and who's sleeping. Nozomi offers to cover Momoko's shift on lookout, but before Momoko sleeps, Nozomi embraces her and they start making out. Nozomi asks Momoko if she's ever done it with a woman. She hasn't, but Nozomi explains that she has. And then, in this scene that I don't understand at all, she talks nonchalantly about how she was being gang-raped by the rugby team in high school, which we then see in graphic softcore detail. Yes. Uh... Afterwards, we cut to her alone, naked and crying, and uh, we see her cutting her wrist and watching as the blood falls. But she doesn't talk about having sex with a girl here, which is, I thought, what the flashback was to get to. I think it, this would have made more sense at whatever point people were talking about cutting. Right, right. She then talks about how she continued to do that until graduation. Back in the present, the ladies make out and caress each other. This continues for a few minutes with them making out and grinding. We also get a POV shot of someone watching them from around the corner. And then we cut to morning. We then see a guy open up the door to the place and walk in. Smiling, he approaches the naked women on the floor. Kane comes up behind the guy and points a gun to his head. He offers to get Momoko some clothes since hers are ripped, and the lady with the gun follows her. They make it to a back room in the shrine where this guy lives. He is uh, credited as the otaku priest. That's who he is. Yes. So He's just a horny little creep. Yeah, otakus in the uh, Japanese society are like the anime nerds, Yeah. more or less. Yeah, but somewhat dirtier. Okay. They can be. They're like more antisocial. Okay. I think that's also part of it. That makes sense. At least for a time it was. I don't know how it is now. Yeah. You know, like people like the otaku killer, who was a really brutal killer. I don't, don't want to get into it. 
it's too heavy for our podcast. Okay. But he he loved he loved it. So I think kids shouldn't have anime. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, well, we go back to this guy's room, complete with posters of all his waifus on the wall. <laughs> he pulls out some clothes for Momoko straight from a hentai, and uh, Kane finds some ceremonial clothes to wear. After everyone's dressed, they giggle together for an awkward amount of time. And then the women point their guns at him, noting they don't know when he might turn into a toxic man. He talks about how it's probably just because those men are athletes and slaves to testosterone, but he's an otaku, a stay-at-home guy. Uh, He doesn't believe he'll be affected, but the ladies still think he's a creepy perv, which may not be totally wrong. He says he chooses to be a virgin, and uh, Moe satisfies his needs, in this case being uh, any sort of, uh, uh, like, anime and manga and stuff like that that's, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, satisfying his sexual urges. Yeah, his impure urges. The ladies discuss this a bit and seem to be on the fence, and then we cut to the TV broadcast, and everyone at this debate table seems exhausted, but they keep at it. The guy with the eye patch, amongst other things, says, Kiss my ass, women's rights. (laughs) Oh, jeez. The eye patch guy goes on for a while uh, in a rant that starts at women's rights being a bad thing, and then continues into him... Uh, campaigning in favor of rape, finally going on and demanding to the TV for men to go out and rape. He says, get your dicks up now. The other guy on the TV panel ends this by crushing the back of his head with a vase. Yeah, he loves violence now. He feels pretty good about this act of violence, in fact, and starts to laugh and yell. Then he grabs his throat and turns around with bloody eyes and uh, goes after the woman as a rape zombie. And then a group of other zombies bust in, and uh, the rape begins. Oh, no. The TV cuts out just as one of the women's breasts smashes against the camera, uh, <laughs> visibly cracking the lens. Yeah, and it's like a video effect. Yes. <laughs> we then cut to a woman in a military uniform on the TV talking about the situation and talking about how women can apply to get a gun after just a two-hour course. Uh, we then see a montage of women w- training with guns uh, with a chorus that I believe says, Yes, gun, yes, gun, yes, yes, yes. Oh, yeah. It's a song every American could get behind. <laughs> or no, it's a uh, yes, gun, yes, yes. Yes, gun, yes, yes. <laughs> so uh, we see them yes. doing target practice with some chained up rape zombies that have like target bullseyes on their crotches. Nice. They've assembled a pretty quick response. Yeah. Well, we cut to night at the shrine, and Nozomi takes over lookout for Kanai, who is uh, looking at a photo of her son longingly. She talks about how her husband was abusive and how that ended up with him hitting their son and how she killed her husband uh, just as the toxic male outbreak started. So she used that as a cover-up for the fact that she killed her husband. We then cut to Kanai cleaning up where she killed her husband um, in a flashback. 
and just trying to get it done before her son gets home. But unfortunately, he came home early. Uh, and not only did her son come across her cleaning up uh, the evidence of uh, her killing yeah. his father, but also her son was already a rape zombie. <laughs> yeah, he's toxic. He's a toxic child. So she had to kill he him has, with some scissors. He has bad vibes and is unpleasant to be around. <laughs> We cut to morning and uh, Tamay uh, <laughs> offers to feed the guy. Tamay. Uh, like Forrest Gump. Yes. <laughs> she knows she thought he was creepy at first, but she's changed her mind. She knows that otaku are the only decent men these days after the outbreak. Momoko, as they eat, starts to vomit. We then cut to the TV broadcast being offline and we see Nozomi giving Momoko some water. It's here they discover that Momoko seems to be very visibly pregnant. Kanae pulls her gun, and uh, there's a big standoff and debate about whether or not they should kill Momoko. The otaku priest suggests that maybe she's a Virgin Mary situation. Nozomi is committed to protect Momoko here. Unfortunately, they now hear that North Korea has declared war. <laughs> the new prime minister, who notes that she's the first woman in the role, gets on the news and explains that North Korea blames violent pornography for the gang rape incidents and is attacking Japan for this. She then yells out blaming men for making all this porn. North Korea is going to attack them with missiles uh, through all this, so then... Uh, we hear some more news that the U.S. military's collapsed because of all the testosterone and the new female military is focused on domestic issues and can't help Japan. Uh-oh, the military's gone woke. <laughs> <laughs> the prime minister scuffles and fights with some other women at the conference, and then we cut back to the women doing the cock-shooting practice. The women point at a missile in the sky as it flies by, and they all pull out their phones to get a shot of it. We then see the missile hit a high-rise building, and it leaves a very large portion of the city flattened and vaporizes the military women that were watching and the prime minister. Uh-oh. Back at the shrine, the women are still there, but Momoko goes to uh, another room to have the baby. Kanai tries to follow her with the gun, but Nozomi stops her. We then see the sun turn black, and now it's dark as the night. Oh, God. They speculate the sudden darkness could be the result of nuclear winter, but the otaku priest suggests it's related to some story about a sun goddess who hid in a rock cave. Uh, there's something about her brother throwing a dead horse at her or something. Um, <laughs> they start arguing about killing Momoko's baby again. Tame decides she wants to go and take the otaku priest with her as Kane and Nozomi point guns at each other. Nozomi finally stands down as they hear it raining outside. Meanwhile, Tamei and the priest take shelter outside. Tamei notes that the rain may be washing things away and that they hadn't seen any toxic men while they were out. Tamei wants them to find somewhere with a bed so they can have sex. The otaku priest again explains all he needs is moe. Tamei decides that he needs to stop being an otaku. To accomplish this, she grabs his junk and then, as he falls to the ground, uh, begins to dance suggestively and undress. The otaku explains that if he stops being an otaku, 
He'll just become an ordinary man. And indeed, after a minute of Tame's dancing, he starts bleeding out of his eyes and mouth and goes after her. Yeah, it does not take very much to uh, turn him. No. <laughs> Tame takes him down, then comes face to face with a horde of rape zombies that then snatch her up and go to work. They rip her clothes open and have their way with her, and we see her screaming with her face covered in blood. Back at the shrine, Nozomi's pacing outside the door where Momoko, uh, the door to the room that Momoko's in. We hear Momoko yelling and see her writhing on the ground. Outside the shrine, we see a mob of zombies heading toward the women. Kane takes the samurai sword and tells Nozomi to keep an eye on Momoko. We see Kane engage the zombies outside and get to slashing and stabbing. She pulls out her rifle and starts shooting as well as the zombies swarm her. We see the otaku priest amongst these zombies and see him get his cock slashed and fall to the ground. <laughs> Inside, Nozomi hears Momoko crying out and starts banging on the door to the room she's in. Outside, the zombies finally surround Kane and rip her top off, revealing that she has a vest of dynamite under it. She detonates it to take out the swarm of zombies, and we see the aftermath of burning body parts, and even the shrine itself was mostly destroyed. We see Nozomi coming too, hearing the sound of a baby crying. Momoko comes to Nozomi carrying a glowing crying baby. She says nothing and walks away, and Nozomi follows her. We see an animation of the sun lighting up again, and then see Nozomi outside following Momoko. Momoko carries the baby towards a crowd of zombies who have all stopped and are staring at her and the baby. Nozomi tries to stop her, but Momoko carries the baby to the zombies and then the crowd starts to follow her. We see on the laptop the guy with the eye patch is on the broadcast. He's talking about evolution again and says, The first of a new species may already be born. We see Momoko carrying the baby, followed by a line of zombies as they walk through a wrecked CG city. Yeah. This kind of reminds me of the end of Fulci's zombie. Yeah. That's... Where you see the, like, uh, the bridge just swarming with zombies as mm -hmm. they walk into New York. Yeah, this is what it would have been like if he had access to a digital video technology. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and then we get our credits, and that was Rape Zombie Lust for the Dead. Yeah, it takes a couple... I feel like it has a little bit of Night of the Living Dead, a little bit of zombie. Yeah. And uh, a little bit of social commentary. Yeah. It's, uh, it's the first of, uh, at least as far as I know, a trilogy, though you said there might be six of them. There are more than three. Well, as far as I know, it's a trilogy, so this might become a, uh, a long-running installment. Yes, that'll keep us uh, satisfied for years to come. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break, and then we'll be back to talk more about Rape Zombie, Lust for the Dead. What? Do you do a lip smack when you have a nice refreshing drink? I don't think I usually do. I feel like I do. <laughs> okay. I'm just feel like... <sighs> <laughs> ah. 
Have we talked about doing Raincoat Report ASMR videos? We have. We uh, have. Um, Recordings? Yes, that came up on the uh, Patreon episode we released a couple weeks ago. Oh, okay. At the beginning, I I played a little bit of it, and that came up pretty quick, because I think I was just stuffing my mouth with something between episodes. Oh, okay. we started. Uh, But, um, you know, yeah, something like that. (sighs) (laughs) You know. We're the refreshing podcast. You can't do it with beer. That's not refreshing, and it's not hot enough in here for that to hit the spot. But my beer is very hot. I'm sorry, that's gross. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's, it's boiled. It's a. Uh, it's a little bit cooler than room temperature at the moment, though, which is not ideal. It's boiled. It's basically boiling. Knew it. Um, well, let me, I guess, talk a little bit about this movie. <laughs> okay. Okay. This film is a. Uh, it's pretty decent for a shot on video film. Yeah. It's got a. It's got a, a lot of high concept ideas to it that it carries off for the most part pretty well. It's a bit mixed plot wise. Uh, it doesn't focus on any one set of the characters for too long yeah you get the most i guess out of the main four but there are long sequences of like the military training and this debate yeah that also feed into it that uh i don't know kind of dilute the main story the main thrust of uh it being kind of a survival film right but i wonder if this was like set up to if they had already like planned to like shoot some of this back to back or something, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and they were just kind of setting things up in this one, but cause, uh, based on the name, I was expecting more, uh, I don't know. I think I was, just, or maybe not based on the name, based on the poster, I was expecting more ass kicking. Yeah. And you get yeah. quite a bit of that at the end. Uh, things get pretty intense for a little bit. Yeah. But uh, not for a lot of it. A lot of it, it's more of like a standard zombie film, like a 28 Days Later zombie Night of the Living Dead type situation of people just trying to survive. Um, right. During this, uh, this new reality of the zombie apocalypse. But in this case, it, uh, they're, all the zombies are doing a bunch of rape. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that does... Uh... Set it apart from the others a bit. Yeah. Um, they never have one where people rape zombies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's something to think about for the future. Uh, it's, a, uh, it's a pretty succinct film. It's just a little bit over an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the ending was baffling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, she bore the... Like kind of like a golden child. She she bore the first of the half human, half zombie race. That's like the half zombie the, rapist race. Yeah, that. Yeah. He's he's the figurehead for the future. He is that evolution that that doctor was talking about. So he was right. So this film is kind of wrong about toxic masculinity. Then. <laughs> At the end. Uh, Perhaps I don't know. <laughs> I wonder if I don't know if the, the sequel is a direct follow up or not. We um, won't know for another year. <laughs> yeah, and by then I'll have forgotten. Uh, this film was uh, it was fair. It was decently shot. The 
they always try to get ladies with the big uh, the big bazoombas. Yeah. Uh, for these films, because they can't show a lot else, and they succeeded once again. Yep. Yep. Um, it's not as good as something like Sexual Parasite. It doesn't uh, quite go for uh, the gore and the weird ideas quite as much. Right. And uh, it's just a little bit less interesting visually, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, idea-wise, I'm more interested in like the thing than I am like uh, a zombie film. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so for me, I think this film would wind up being about a three- I'm definitely curious about checking out future chapters of it to see where it goes. Um, I'm glad if it's a series that has more than three entries that it's going to be a a decent one and not a a witchcraft situation. (laughs) A witchcraft. I I still, I need to watch more witchcraft. I feel like there's probably a turning point where it gets like sleazy and weird enough to be good. This, the, I know, like, the second one on, I think they become more about, like, her, like, adult son from the first, and he's, like, an occult detective, like, Hellblazer type. So those might be good, but I'm also going, eh, I don't know. I don't know. I've watched, like, at least three of them, if not four of them, okay. but I've also been, like, heavily under the influence of various uh, substances mm-hmm. at the time that I watched them. And don't remember much other than the fact that they were only a little bit less boring. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like there might be a turning point at some point. I hope so. Somewhere around the eighth or ninth one. Like, at least based off of the, the like, artwork and stuff, it, lo- it looks like it gets sleazier as it goes on. But we'll see. I'll I'll have to continue my journey down that road. Maybe we can watch one. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, okay, so... It's your turn. I gave it a three. Oh, did you? Uh, well, in my head I did. Okay, cool. Well, uh, it's my turn. I thought this movie was fun. Um, you know, as far as, you know, a movie that's all about rape is concerned. <laughs> yeah. I have to kind of rate this on a different uh, scale, I guess, than I've... I've rate a lot of movies but mm-hmm. like just as a bonkers horror exploitation film out of japan is concerned i'm sure you could do much worse than this um you could do better i've seen better but uh this was you know fun to watch um i wouldn't say that i loved anything about it in particular but mm, yeah I was entertained start to finish, and there was uh, there was a little bit of good effects, even though there's a lot of like hokey CG. That's kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't know. It was just weird enough to keep me interested all the way through. I'm going to also give it three stars. I think that's fair. I think we're going to find that this film series really rides the line. <laughs> or maybe they maybe they get better maybe they really explode maybe they do maybe they take their little bit of social commentary from the first and really go whole hog on it yeah i don't know i want to hog out well before we hog out let's remind everybody to follow us on instagram and twitter at raincoat report uh, email us at raincoatreport at gmail.com and otherwise rate review and subscribe to our podcast And uh, in the meantime, if you're going to Japan, 
just don't forget your raincoat. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever's going on there, you'll need it. Yeah, it's going to get wet. Yeah. <laughs>